0: Hello and welcome to the Use Because podcast, deeper learning from the best business minds to have ever put pen to paper. My geography teacher in school was not a particularly good geography teacher. The reason he wasn't particularly good was because he used to set homework for us to read four or five pages of the geography book and the next day then he'd go around the class asking questions about those four or five pages. If you were not able to answer the question that he asked, you then had to stand up. If you were one of the lucky ones who got to stand up, your homework for the next night would be to write out those entire four or five pages as punishment. Now this was what was considered teaching or education I suppose back in the 90s insane, just a ridiculous way to try and teach somebody something. First of all, by just saying, read those four or five pages and if you can't memorize every single word of it by the next day, then you're going to have to write out those four or five pages. It's just not how education should be and that's really the the basis of this episode of of the podcast. I'm going to show you how your memory actually works. First of all, don't even get me started on... on on making school into one big giant memory test it's ridiculous it's not how things should be people should be able to comprehend things uh, and then deliberately practice them or deliberately see them in the real world in order to actually consider something learned in my opinion but let's say we take that that example of the geography book that we had to memorize stuff from they never they being the teachers or being the education system they never showed us how to memorize the content. Now, memorizing content by itself, memorizing content in isolation, I should say, is a waste of time, right? Memorizing stuff just for the sake of memorizing stuff is ridiculous. But they didn't even show us how to do that. They didn't even tell us how to actually memorize stuff. You see, we use because what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that you first of all understand what we're showing you, the, the new content, the new knowledge that you're trying to acquire. We're then going to show you how to memorize it, but only you're only going to memorize it so that you can then go and deliberately practice it. So this episode of the podcast I'm going to explain how to literally make your memory probably ten times better than it ever has been before. I'm going to teach you a memory technique in about five or six minutes that will make you probably your brain might actually explode because it's that it's that unbelievable. I have done this particular memory technique now there's loads of memory techniques out there but this particular memory technique I've done this for probably 50 or 60,000 people, right? So strap yourself in, keep your hands inside the car at all times. So here we go. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call out a list of 10 random words. Your job is to try and memorize these words, is to try and hold on to these words in your brain. But, here's the kicker, I want you to memorize these 10 words or hold on to these 10 words in your memory in the correct order. So the order that I call these 10 words out in is the order that you then have to try and recall them in. So here we go. The first word is candle, swan, handcuffs, sailboat, coat hook, elephant, axe, snowman, balloon, and baseball bat. So now here's your challenge. If you were to press pause on this podcast, could you list out those 10 random words? Or even better, could you list out those 10 random words in reverse order? So starting with the baseball bat, could you work backwards from there, back to the first word? Here's what usually happens when you have a list like that. Now, if I expanded that out to say 100 words, generally what would happen is, people would remember the first few, the last few, and any that were kind of a bit weird in the middle. Right, there's, there's different, ver- your memory kind of works like a like a wave, it goes up and down. So you remember, so you remember what's called, or the, the different parts, I suppose, of memory. One is called recency, one is called primacy, and one is called the von Reisdorf effect, right? So recency and primacy, that's the beginning and the end of something that you were asked to memorize, because you're concentrating at the start and your concentration comes back then, uh, you try and finish strong. And then the von Reisdorf effect, is there anything weird or wonderful that happens in the middle. Now those ten random words, that was probably up to a minute ago now that I call those out, those ten words, if you did hold on to them in your head, they're beginning to seep out. What most people do when they try to memorize content or they try and remember something, uh whether it's you know notes from a meeting or, you know, whatever, or actionable content from a book, right? What some people do is they just try and recite the words themselves. I try and shoehorn them into their memory. So for example when I called out those 10 words you probably just continuously listed them in in your own mind. You probably did something like candle, candle swan, candle swan handcuffs, candle swan handcuffs sailboat, candle, oh jeez I've lost it. And then by the time I got to the snowman you're just politely waiting for me to finish. So how do you actually memorize content? How do you actually go about retaining that information. Well there's two things really that you need to do, is you need to think about both sides of your brain. The left hand side of your brain likes order and logic and structure and detail, whereas the right hand side of your brain likes creativity and imagination and colour and uh, artistic things. In order for you to remember anything, the two things you need to do are you need to keep it, you need to keep both sides of your brain happy. You need to make sure that there's logic to what you're doing and need to make sure that there is creativity or imagination or colors or images, whatever it is, at the same time. So for example, when people are trying to memorize the candle, the swan, the handcuffs, all that kind of thing, what they'll do is that, like I said, they'll just, they'll just list them out. And the left-hand side of your brain loves that. The left-hand side of your brain, like, like I said, likes order and logic and lists and all that kind of stuff. But the right hand side of your brain is twiddling its thumbs right for want of a better phrase so how do you engage both well one of the one of the pillars like I said that use because is built on is one of these memory techniques called it's a few different names for for it it's called we call it the location method it was originally called the Roman room method right so it was credited I suppose to the Romans back in the day. This was back in the day when the Romans didn't have uh, pen and paper or only the royalty had pen and paper. So if they wanted to remember I don't know their shopping list to go down to the local spa. (laughs) Uh, Bread and milk and eggs and the paper and whatever they were getting in the shop. You know not the paper didn't have papers but if they wanted to memorize that stuff here's what they would do. They would use the room from their house or from somewhere they knew well. And they'd pick out locations around that room so to give an example of where i'm standing right now in my office there is some bookshelves not surprisingly full of books there is a guitar that i hardly ever touch there are some boxes in that corner there is a laptop on the table there there's a door there's a window there's a radiator right all standard things maybe apart from the guitar there's all standard things that would be in an office so if i wanted to memorize say the candle the swan Uh, the handcuffs and all those different words, what I would do is that at each of those locations around my office or wherever it was that I wanted to to use, I would place an image at each of those locations in my mind. So at the bookshelf, I might imagine coming up into the office and rather than the bookshelf being there, there's a massive big blue candle. Then at the second location, uh, where the guitar is, maybe there's a swan sitting there playing the guitar at the third location where I said there was a big pile of boxes. uh, Maybe it's a big, huge, massive pile of handcuffs, right? There's thousands and thousands of handcuffs. And what you do then is you go around each location, placing these images as you go. So wherever you are right now, whether you are sitting on a train, where you are sitting in your office, you are wherever, I want you to pick out 10 locations. So a location is just something that's fairly permanent whatever wherever it is that you're looking so for example if i was going to use my house as a as the place and i'm going to pick out 10 locations in my house i might pick the front door the hall table the stairs the radiator in the hall the door into the kitchen the cooker the fridge and so on like that and what i'm doing is i'm logically going around somewhere that I know very well. And the reason I'm going logically around, I'm not jumping from one location to the next, is because the left hand side of my brain is going to retrace my steps in a logical manner. That keeps the left hand side of my brain happy. But the right hand side of my brain is going to be kept happy because I'm going to, at each of those locations, the front door, the hall table, the stairs, the radiator, at each of those locations, I'm going to place an image that's weird and wonderful and wacky and not just normal, but something just out of the ordinary. So let me explain how I would go about memorizing these 10 words. So let's, let's just say I use my house, right? I've, I've started there, so I'll, I'll keep going. So I'll, first of all, what I'll do is I'll list out the 10 locations that I will use. And then I'll retrace my steps and at each of those locations, I'll place an image of the thing that I'm trying to remember. So the 10 locations I would use, I would imagine standing outside my front door. And the front door is my first location. Now, I imagine stepping in through the front door. And just to the left of the door there is a hall table with a mirror and all that kind of stuff and the the internet, internet router, that kind of thing. That's my second location. My third location, then, is the stairs. The fourth location is the radiator in the hall. The fifth location is the door into the kitchen sixth location then is the cooker seventh location then let's say is the sink eighth location is the fridge the ninth location is the dining room table and the tenth location then is the sideboard let's say so now let's rewind all the way back right to my first location at the front door imagine i come home from work and i am getting out of the car and I'm looking for my house keys and I look up at the front door and there's a massive big blue candle blocking the front door. And I have to kind of hoosh that out of the way and it's a bit, it's not heavy but it's kind of awkward to kind of get my hands around it. It's bigger than I am and I have to kind of hoosh it out of the way and kind of troll it over to the side thinking, what the hell is that thing doing there. Then I go through the front door and at my second location there is a uh, a swan checking himself out in the mirror. Maybe he is uh, fixing his tie in the mirror and think what the hell is there a swan doing in my house, how did that get here. At the third location then is the stairs and at the third location there is just like i said earlier on just thousands of handcuffs just all lined up the stairs all just kind of uh glistening and sparkling in the in the light from the uh from the hall the fourth location then is the radiator and maybe a massive big sailboat has crashed into the radiator and there is just broken masts and splintered wood and there's a couple of seagulls flapping around the place and there's all sorts of panic because a, a massive big sailboat has crashed into the radiator. The fifth location then is the the door into the kitchen. And the door into the kitchen has uh, just a huge, big coat hook nailed to it. Now, somebody's put a six-inch nail uh, through this coat hook right into the door. It's destroyed the door, and the coat hook is like a comedy-sized coat hook. The sixth location, then, is the cooker. And maybe there is an elephant standing there making the dinner, right? And uh, it says to me, How's it going? What would you like for your dinner? This is so weird. Seventh location, then. I think I said, was the kitchen sink. At the seventh location, somebody has taken an axe and just buried it into the sink. Right, So there's a massive big split in the sink with an axe sticking out of it. The eighth location is the fridge. I go to the fridge and open the fridge and there is a snowman inside the fridge. Uh, he's, he's trying not to die because if he gets out of the fridge, he's going to melt in the heat. The ninth location then is the kitchen table. And uh, the ninth word was balloons. So the ninth location, there are just hundreds of balloons tied to the kitchen table, all the chairs. And somebody has set up a miniature little party just to happen just at the table. And the tenth and final location is the sideboard. And at the sideboard, the tenth word was a baseball bat. And somebody has put a massive big foam purple baseball bat just lying on the the, the sideboard, and it's very strange that it's there. So let's rewind all the way back out to my first location and think about those 10 words. So let's think about if you can actually recall the 10 words just from me telling you that weird story. I got to the front door and there was something blocking the front door. Do you remember what it was? Huge big blue candle. I lift that out of the way and I go through the door and I look at the hall table and there was something fixing its tie at, at the hall table, looking in the mirror, and it was the swan. The third location then was the stairs and there was just thousands of something glistening and shining and shimmering in the uh, the hall light and it was uh, the handcuffs. And something then crashed into the radiator. Do you remember what it was? It was a sailboat with the broken masts and the seagulls flapping around the place. Fifth location then was the door and somebody had used a six inch nail to hammer something into the door. It was a massive big coat hook. I got through the The kitchen door into the kitchen and at the cooker there is what making me dinner it's an elephant seventh location then is the sink and somebody has just split the sink in half with an axe the eighth location i opened the fridge and what was in the fridge trying not to die it was of course snowman the ninth location somebody had tied lots of things to the kitchen table and they were having a party with lots of balloons, and the tenth and final location was the sideboard where somebody put a massive big purple baseball bat. So now, in your own mind, if you want to just pause this pod- podcast for a second, but think back over those ten locations, can you now do the ten words backwards? And even better, if you were to use your own home, and to walk around your own house like that, could you then recall those ten words? Now here's a little bit of, of, a, of a bonus, actually, hang on, I'll get to the bonus in a second, but one thing to keep in mind is that when I called out those ten, 10 words there, and I was explaining how I would go about memorizing them, generally people memorize those words way better with way less effort. The first time I said try and hold on to these 10 words in your, ten, in, in your head in the correct order, generally people can't do it, even though they're saying, uh, you know, candle swan, candle swan handcuffs, candle swan handcuffs, sailboat, and so on. They can't do it. But when they put in even less effort with the correct technique or the correct strategy, it's way easier. And see, this is what we're building Use Because on, is we wanna be able to give you the the key content from each chapter from the best business books that have ever been written. But we wanna give it to you in a way that you can actually then go and memorize it so you can then deliberately practice it. For example, one of the books that we will be working on um, is called Legacy. It's about the All Blacks. One of the key takeaways from that book is that, uh, it's all about leadership, this book. And one of the key takeaways is that a leader should always be a source of clarity for their team. So what we would do in this course is, we would get you to memorize, be a source of clarity. We'd give you a way to memorize that, be a source of clarity. And then what we would do, it would then get you to then to deliberately practice it. So you decide that in a time and a place, sometime in the next couple of weeks where you are going to deliberately practice being a source of clarity. And then when the time comes, you're able to practice it in your action log, then you'll be able to say whether it worked or didn't work, whether you need to work on it or whatever. That's the idea. It's only at that point when you've deliberately practiced something and gotten feedback on your practice that you can then consider it to be learned anyway the bonus bit I wanted to tell you about is those 10 random words that I called out to you are not random at all. Let's give you another memory technique. Let's say you wanted to remember that, uh, well, here's a question, right? See if you can answer this in your head. The uh, the year of Declaration of Independence, what year was it signed in America? Everyone knows it was the 4th of July, but do you remember what year the Declaration of Independence was signed? It was signed in 1776. Let's say you wanted to memorize that little key piece of information. You wanted to remember that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. It's difficult to convert 1776 into an image, because it's just numbers. So here's what you do. You take each digit from that 1776, so 1776, and you convert that into an image. So how do we do that? Well, if you think about those supposed 10 random words that I called out, what, does it, what number, if you were to pick a digit that the candle looked like, what does it look like? It looks like a 1. And if you were to then think about the 7th location, my kitchen sink, what was buried in that? It was an axe. And what, what does an axe look like? It looks like the number 7. And then if you were to think about the 6th location, which was the cooker, who was cooking me dinner? It was a massive big elephant, but more specifically, the elephant's trunk. If you imagine an elephant feeding itself, it looks like the number six. And this is how these memory techniques all kind of build on top of each other. If you wanted to remember, if you want to memorize that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776, in your mind's eye, you might create an image of All the lads signing the Declaration of Independence, uh, John Hancock being the first person, I believe, to have signed it. Imagine all these people signing the Declaration of Independence. And you can kind of probably imagine uh, them all being there uh, and, and the scene. And into that scene, you place something really weird. And can you imagine what the weird things might be that you would place in there? You would place a massive big candle, two axes, and an elephant feeding himself. So that you remember the candle is one the two axes are the sevens and the elephant feeding itself is a six so 1776 and then what you could do is you could place that image somewhere that's very familiar to you so it could be on your bedside locker it could be somewhere that makes more sense i don't know where it would be to make more sense but then when you want to recall at a pub quiz or something i don't know when you would need to know this but if you wanted to recall that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. You recall that image. You see the the candle, the two axes, and an elephant feeding itself, and you translate that back into 1776. Anyway, we are 20 minutes now into this uh, podcast, which is way longer than I ever planned on, on doing a podcast for. But I wanted to do something to show you how to explode your memory. Now, this is... It's not even the tip of the iceberg what I've explained in this twenty minutes uh i we haven't even got into the boat to go and look at the iceberg is way I'd consider it, but I just wanted to give you an insight into how we go about building our content or how we are going about uh getting you to memorize the content so that you're not just trying to hold on to things or you're not just taking notes or scribbling stuff into a diary and never to be looked at again. We want to make sure that the most actionable content from the greatest minds to have ever put pen to paper are not written in some diary in a drawer somewhere we want to make sure that the information is on the tip of your tongue that it's in your memory for when you actually need it so that's it Uh, we will probably dig into this again sometime if there is any questions that you have about this get in touch tweet us like i said we're on um, instagram and twitter uh, on the website usebecause.com. Loads of ways to find us, uh, so so get in touch, ask any questions that you might have, and we will definitely revisit this uh, at a later date as well. So until next time, thanks very much, and uh, make sure to tell everyone you know and tell everyone you don't know as well about this podcast. Okay, thanks, bye bye.